the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. It's Arthur Idala on AM 970. The answer. This is the Arthur Idala Power Hour with quintessential New Yorker attorney Arthur Idala, New York's go to lawyer. He's here to share his stories from in the courtroom and around the city with interviews from high profile guests and everyday folks calling in to talk about everything from politics, lifestyle, health and wellness, and more. And now your host, making the case for the city he loves, attorney Arthur Idala. It is Tuesday, July the 18th, and we are in New York City, and uh, we are here with Sam Bellino. What's up, Sam Bellino? What's up, Arthur? How are we doing on this Tuesday? You know who's not here today, right? Oh, no. She, for the rest of the here? week? So Whoa, we got the week off. I, I can't play this. Oh, I am so lonely without Joni Pelzer. But, you know, she is taking a well-deserved vacation. But we have Caroline here. Who is Caroline. Oh, there we go. That was a little too easy, though, Sam Bellino. I know. I need something better I mean, for her. that was low-hanging fruit. I'm, you know, I was just about, and I am about to compliment your, your musical choices, but that was... That was a little bit of a cop-out. I, I need something just a little more fiery than that. Yeah, I mean, good, I don't know. Google Caroline or Google, like, beautiful young college student who's at Hofstra and see what songs come up. Is that all right, Caroline? We find your own. You want your own theme song? You all right with that? All right, Caroline, give me a big themes, uh, thumbs up. We have Chris, the intern, here with us today. I have a whole, like, crew watching me. I'm very, very nervous. Um, there's so many topics. We have great guests. We have uh, Commissioner... Uh, Bernie Carrick to come on. He's going to talk about the new police commissioner and he's going to talk about Rikers Island because the Southern District of New York, uh, the U.S. attorney is asking a federal judge to give them uh, control, basically appoint a receiver over Rikers Island. It's a complicated sub- subject matter. I know a little bit about receiverships now. Um, and uh, so that's a big topic to talk to Bernie Carrick about because he was the head of uh, the Department of Corrections. And uh, before he was the police commissioner. So he's going to wear two hats. Um, There was some shootings at Times Square. Not good. It's Tuesday. We got Times Square Tuesday with Tom Harris. Um, President uh, Trump has said that he has been told that he got a special counsel letter telling him he's the target in the January 6th probe signaling impending indictment. I mean, I don't care how Teflon you are. That's never a good letter to get. And uh, Mayor Eric Adams um, has scored some some legit money in campaign cash. Um, it says that he raked in $1.3 million so far. Uh, I believe they, I forget, the, the deadline just passed. Real estate and business honchos dumped $1.3 million into Mayor Eric Adams' war chest over the last six months. Campaign finance campaign finance records posted on Monday night revealed the first term Democrat um, 
has now $2.6 million at his disposal ahead of the 2025 elections. Um, around 360 individual donors gave his honor $2,100, which is the maximum you're allowed to give. Um, and then they list some of the people who gave the money. Um, I will uh, be hosting a fundraiser for the mayor uh, in September. I'm trying to nail down a date. It's no secret that um, I'm a fan and uh, I've known the mayor since 2008. Um, I am not going to do, you know, what other people do and, and exaggerate my relationship with him. Um, but, you know, we've been in constant contact since 2008. I was a supporter of his uh, mayoral campaign um, for several reasons besides just him. You know, I have a very close relationship with both Frank Carone and Frank Setio, who's always on this radio show. And, you know, I, I uh, value their opinion. So when they knew how much they were behind them, I got behind them as well. And um, he's been very responsive to me personally during his tenure as mayor. I haven't um, really asked him for much um, at all, uh, except to make some recommendations here and there and, and ask him to listen. And that's always a good thing. Um, I did ask him to pop up at the big last big Friars Club event where we honored Tracy Morgan, and he did do that, and he was great at it, by the way. Um, so, you know, that's th- these are some of the the, the topics in the news. Um, the bouquet I was throwing at um, Sam Boland was uh, his musical prowess, and uh, right before we came on. Um, he, he, you know, sometimes he plays, not sometimes, always he plays some music to get me pumped up, and it, it works. Um, and today he played a song called uh, In a Big Country by a band called Big Country, which was a band, I believe it was 1983 when that song was out. Look that up for me, Sam Bellino, when you get a chance. It was either 83 or 84. It wasn't any later than that. Um, and... You know, I don't know if it's a coincidence. You know, I, I I believe in God. I believe in spirits. I believe in Mother Nature. I believe in all of that stuff. Um, it was it was eighty three, eighty three, and it just so happens he plays that song, which has such significance in my life on this particular date. I believe in the I don't know three hundred and fifty close to three hundred fifty shows we've done. I think Matt has played that song once before, right? Um, and he played it today, and of all days that he played it, um. It is the birthday of my my childhood best 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 friend, Christopher Ian Glynn. Wow! Um, and that was a song that like he and I it was like our anthem through. Um, I guess it was the second semester of sophomore year of high school. Um, you know, throughout uh, th- throughout life, um, and. You know, Chris and I went to, uh, we, we met before kindergarten because his backyard and my grandmother's backyard touched. And we were like four years old and he was playing in his backyard and I was playing in my backyard. And this is when like parents, there were not helicopter parents. Like I think I was actually playing in my grandmother's backyard alone because it was known to be safe. Although if you look at the crime statistics, it's safer now than it was in 1974. Like, Three when I would be out there playing or 72 and then but anyway we, we wound up being in kindergarten together and we went all through PS 185 together but then we we went to different middle schools and, and high schools but we lived two blocks apart and we just always were super super close and I just think it's crazy that Matt happened to play that particular song today because I was going to just harp on it I was going to wish Chris a happy 56th birthday today um 
And then he plays that song and makes me go off on this tangent because, like, I, I do think there are things in the world that are, like, connected and connect us. And, you know, okay, is it a coincidence? I don't know, Matt. You have, like, literally thousands of songs at your disposal. Correct. And I only played about three songs before we started to get underway, and that was just one of them. And, yeah, yeah I'm and a firm the- believer there are signs that all, always, and, you know, they you take them as you receive them, for sure. Yeah, I mean, it, and... In a big country, and now you got to play it sometime in the show here. <laughs> Matt, I'm sorry, I'm going to mess up, mess you up. But you know, it's not such a popular song. It's not like it's you know, "Born to Run" by Springsteen or or you know, some one of U2's big hits or the Stones' big hits. People probably listen to the show never even heard of the band. In a big country, um, actually, I think I think the name of the band is Big Country, and it's in a big country. But um, you know, it 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 brings you when it's. Songs and smells, I think, sometimes trigger the greatest memories that we have. Um, and like when I hear this particular song, which you don't hear on the radio, like there's no radio station. Maybe at three in the morning on on one hundred four point three, you know, maybe someone will play it. But I hear this, and it just transports me. It transports me into the middle of the eighties and how different things were. And I was talking. To my, it's really my mom's friend, but I call her my friend. She's going to be 80 years old next week, Nini Petropole. And we were talking about modern technology. And she used a term I've never heard, but it's a great term. She goes, I came from the on-off generation. Like, things were either on or they were off. They're not like, you know, either you answered the phone or you hung up the phone. You didn't have a phone that did a million things. And, you know, I'm sure people in the 80s said this about the 50s, that it was just a simpler time and a better time. And people were just running around less. I mean, my dad in the fifties, like they would hang out on the roof in the Bronx. Like that was that was like their their tar beach. Um, and you know, nowadays you think about that, that's insane. Um, but you know, it was it was. I love the eighties. That's all. I, I I'm going off on this tangent, but I'm 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 looking at these two kids in front of me, San Bellino. They have no idea the songs <laughs> you're playing. You're playing the Cure. You're playing Big Country, and then and it's playing in here. Like, you have any idea what this this is? They're like, no, we have no. Let this tune play right here. I mean, we used to be dancing to this, and I, I was telling you yesterday. I was watching these old videos. This was one of the songs I played at midnight. On New Year's Eve, because it's an upbeat song, and people were dancing and singing, and you know there was there was no phones in everyone's hands. Thank God there was a video camera in my dad's hand, but it was just different. And you know, if you want to tie the music and the memories into the relationships, you know, Chris and I, uh, you know, I have a, a a fond picture of my sixth birthday, and it's just the two of us. And on this December first, I'll be fifty six, so that picture will be fifty years old. Um, and to have those relationships and those friendships, and it's just, they're invaluable. And we're going to cover a bunch of tough topics coming up. A shooting in Times Square, taking over uh, uh, Rikers Island by the feds because it's so dangerous in there right now. And where do you harken back to? You harken back to these, like, these memories and this, this strength and security that you have from these relationships that are my relationship with Chris is probably 52 years old now. So I'm very grateful. All right, Samalina, you got to wait till this little part ends and then we'll go to the commercial right here. Give me some sound.
All right, folks, don't go anywhere. Happy birthday, Glinsta. We'll be right back. There is a great awakening happening. Patriots are revolting against woke companies, crashing their sales and stock prices by taking their business elsewhere. The mobile phone companies are no different, which is why I want you to make the switch to Patriot Mobile today like I did. Patriot Mobile is America's only Christian conservative cell phone company. Imagine getting dependable nationwide coverage on one of the big three mobile networks and simultaneously supporting free speech, religious freedom, the sanctity of life, the Second Amendment, and our military, veterans, and first responder heroes. That's exactly what you get with Patriot Mobile. Their 100% U.S.-based customer support team makes the switching easy. Keep your phone, keep your number, and choose from the best network in your area. It's that simple. Just go to patriotmobile.com slash Gorka or call 878-PATRIOT. Get free activation and a performance guarantee today with offer code Gorka. We are making a difference. Join me and make the switch today. patriotmobile.com slash Gorka, 878-PATRIOT. Bayridge Honda is kicking off the 4th of July by saving you $1,500. That's how much you can get when you turn in your trade or lease and purchase your next car with them. They've been your family-owned and operated dealer for over 60 years. Your Honda dealer serving the five boroughs. The Sabah family makes you feel like family when you walk into their showroom. Browse from over 200 new Honda vehicles and over 100 certified pre-owned vehicles backed by the Honda True Program at their 2022 President's Award-winning dealership. Right now, get 0% APR financing and zero down payment on select new 2023 Honda models all month long. Plus, receive $1,500 when you turn in your trade or lease when you purchase your next car with them. Even if you don't buy a car from them, they want to buy your car. So visit them at 4th Avenue and 88th Street in Brooklyn, New York, or online at BayRidgeHonda.com. That's BayRidgeHonda.com. Available to qualified buyers. Additional fees may apply. See dealer for detail and 73023. If you're a business owner, imagine getting up to $26,000 per employee. There's still time for business owners to file for the Employee Retention Tax Credit Program. This program is for business owners who continue to pay their W-2 employees during the COVID pandemic. Many businesses qualify and simply do not know it. All business types and industries may qualify. You can claim the credit even if you received a PPP loan. This is a cash payment and not a loan and can be claimed now. The licensed CPAs and tax professionals at DH Tax and Consulting have been serving business owners across the country for over 15 years. The best part is that until you receive your cash payment, you don't pay us a dime. Our tax credit specialists are available now at 833-ERC-FILE and your tax payment estimate is quick, easy, and free. That's 833-ERC-FILE to qualify you and your business for up to $26,000 per W-2 employee for free federal aid. Call us now at 833-ERC-FILE. That's 833-ERC-FILE. Let's talk about Connors and Sullivan. We all know that planning for the future is important. Are you and your family protected? If you're not around to make the decisions, who will? Are your assets protected from probate and nursing home costs? The time to plan is now. Correct. On my birthday, on your birthday, the soon as possible, that's the way to go. You may need a will, a trust, a power of attorney, a health care proxy, a living will, an estate plan. The goal of Connors & Sullivan attorneys is always the protection of your rights and interests. They've been helping people like you plan their estates and protect their families for over 40 years. So visit them for a free, no-obligation consultation. Call Connors & Sullivan today. 
need to schedule a free in-person initial consultation with an attorney at any of their convenient locations in Brooklyn, Manhattan, Queens, and Staten Island. Call 718-238-6500. That's 718-238-6500. Or visit their website, connorsandsullivan.com. And remember what Mike Connor says, the biggest mistake when it comes to estate planning is not planning at all. Listen to AM 970, The Answer, on Alexa. Tune in, iHeart, or odyssey.com. June. Welcome to New York, baby. This is Taylor Swift. Yes, it is. Wow. I'm sure your interns know this one. This you guys know, right? No? So do you know this one? Oh. Caroline knows. It's the Smurfs theme song. Oh, you learn something new every day. It's the Smurfs theme song. I didn't know it's the Smurfs theme song. While we're talking about New York, Sambolino, because tell we... everybody, tell everybody what you told me about the weather in Phoenix, Arizona. <laughs> so if you're in Phoenix, you're sweating. I saw the 10-day forecast. There's not a single day where the temperature goes below 111 degrees. I mean. And sweltering. so I, I have um, one of my friends is all, she's all over Sicily right now, and I'm totally jealous. And and then until until I went online and looked at the weather, and I was like, what the heck? So I called, I, I looked at my cousins, and I looked at their um, uh, the little town where my family comes from, Bolognetta. It's supposed to be 116 degrees there wow. on Sunday. Uh, I mean, that, those are real numbers. Yeah, and it's that. Well, it, it, do they have that dry desert heat like they have in Phoenix? And it, hey, listen, Italy? I don't. I, I don't care if it's dry or it's wet or whatever. 116 degrees, you could cook yeah. eggs. I mean, what the heck? And you know, it's a little scary because, you know, I think we're being naive. I don't know enough about this to say this has nothing to do with the environment and the ice caps are melting. It's some scary stuff, man. It's, it's very scary. Yeah, you don't want to be around in, in 116 degrees, and that's just the normal. You, you have yeah. to get used to that for a week, two weeks straight. Well, I mean, we're getting a little lucky. I mean, we got this wild, wildfire haze thing coming down from Canada, but so far, I mean, it's been like uh, today was 80 degrees. I mean, that's a normal middle of July day. I that's mean, it's bearable. Fine. Yeah, no, it's more than bearable. It's what it's supposed to be because there are people who, unlike you and I, are. On vacation, like Joni Pelzer. Right. And, you know, we want them to have some nice weather. Speaking of Joni Pelzer, let's talk about the, to the man where Joni Pelzer created Times Square Tuesday. Let's talk to our man, Mr. Harris. How are you, sir? I'm doing well, Arthur. Matt, thanks for having me on. And Taylor Swift wrote that song when she moved to New York. And she debuted it, if that's the right word, in Times Square. Uh, to a crowd of people probably eight years ago. Well, there you go. See, uh, you, not, from Times Square Tuesday, you also get, like, you know, musical facts. So I love it. So let's let's get the bad stuff out of the way, and then we'll go to the good stuff. Tell me what happened sure. with, with these uh, three teenagers injured in Times Square shooting, and, and fill us in. So, look, it was really unfortunate. I, I mean, we've been welcoming over 300,000 people to Times Square, and most have, like, a great experience. Unfortunately, last night, two groups of people met on 7th Avenue, B 
between 42nd and 41st. And while the police are piecing the information together, they get into a dispute. Someone pulled out a gun, and unfortunately, three people were shot. Thankfully, they are all recovering and doing well, and the police department has a lot of great leads. Uh, The police heard the shots and were on the scene within seconds, and it's just unfortunate. Um, Crime is down, but it hasn't disappeared, and certainly there's a feeling, people have a feeling that we could be safer, and that's something that we try to try to combat every day, that feeling that people have. And and feelings are so important that they could be safer. And we agree with them, and we're looking to work with the city. The police department, Mayor Adams, has been fantastic on this, just to try to create this great experience in Times Square and in our city. So, um, Tom, you know, I always I always tread lightly with you because you wear a lot of hats. I mean, you really do. You're a former <laughs> inspector in the NYPD. You're, you know, you're running the Times Square Alliance. So you have to deal with all of these politicians. Um, but and, and, you know, I know you, you always speak very highly of Alvin Bragg. And, and personally, I know he seems to be a very nice man. The few times I've encountered him. But, you know, I've had NYPD, very high-ranking NYPD officials on the on this show here, and they have clearly expressed their frustration with the Manhattan District Attorney's Office specifically about uh, their lack of, of follow-through. You know, I mean, like, well, okay, we're arresting them and we're bringing them to them, but then they're not, they're not doing anything with them and they're back out on the streets. Um, the other topic I want to tackle with you a little bit is, I've supported um, Governor, Governor, not he's not Governor yet, Mayor, Mayor Adams, when he says he thinks the media is blowing the the crime situation to some degree out of control, and I think statistics bear that out that the crime is going down, it's getting better, and the papers make it seem like it's getting worse. You you are a tremendously successful member of the NYPD. You are running the biggest. Uh, uh, a tourist attraction on the planet Earth, Times Square. So what does Tom Harris, the president of the Times Square Alliance, have to say about the state of affairs, the state of crime here, especially after this shooting here in Times Square? Okay, so I'm going to take one one at a time. This is a compound question, counselor, but we'll go with the district attorney. So, I, look, I went on the police department in 1985, and I think cops, and the district attorney's office always has a healthy push and pull about what what people think should be charged, what 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 is important uh, to each one. So I think that that this is something that is not not new uh, to the to the dynamic between district attorneys and police officers, uh, from Liz Holtzman to Charlie Hines, who we both love. Uh, I, I think that there's always been this dynamic where. The police always wish that the prosecutors did more, and I wish that the prosecutors did more in a lot of instances. So I think that what I will say about D.A. Bragg is that of all of the district attorneys that I've, I've worked with, he actually listens to learn. And some of his retail strategies to deal with some of the shoplifting and, and the problems um, he's come a long way. Like everyone talks about that day one memo, but he's come so far uh, from that day one memo. And I will go so far as to say he put in writing 
what other people have been doing for for years. So I sort of give him a little bit of slack, um, and I know that that he's been a good partner. And like I said, he's listened to learn, and he's modified some of his strategies and and viewpoints on things based on that public feedback. And no district attorney that I have worked with since 1985 has ever had as much back and forth with the community that they serve as as he has. And listen, I'm happy to hear that, Tom. And just just so we're clear, like, I'm... I'm not other, like other radio hosts who, like, they just come on and they just rag on whoever's in office. I'm actually just the opposite. Like, Alvin Bragg just got elected. At the very least, he's going to be there what, another two and a half years. I mean, and, and probably longer. Like, I'm rooting for him. Like, I, I'm happy to hear that he's listening to learn. You know, he was never an assistant district attorney. He was an assistant attorney general. He was an assistant United States attorney. But as you know well, those are very different jobs than being an ADA. Um, and, and so he's it's a little bit of on-the-job training that he's getting as well. So I'm, I'm very happy and pleased to hear uh, that you're telling me it's the, the, the interaction he has with you and that he's listening with you, to you guys. Um, but obviously there's members of the NYPD that things think he needs to do a better job, and hopefully we get there. And we can all do better jobs. All of us can do better at what we do. And that's what makes us such professionals because we learn, we change our, our behavior. So before we, you know, and, and just with that, as far as the, the, the uh, idea of real crime and perception or people's feelings, um, it, the feelings matter. And sometimes the feelings and the perception matters more than the actual actual crime numbers. And I think that we're starting to understand that. And I wish that all of our elected officials would listen to the community and listen to the community's complaints so that we can try to develop some effective strategies to some of the disorder that exists on our streets. And just an example, the illegal weed stores. There does not seem to be a sense of urgency to necessarily come up with an effective strategy to deal with the illegal weed stores. Now, um, I try not to be a problem spotter. I try to be a problem solver and to come up with strategies. And my solution to the illegal weed stores is punish the landlords. So simple. I agree with you, Tom. You've said that on the show. You said this. It's so simple. The way they punish landlords for not having the proper fire escape, not having the uh, you know the proper locks on the doors, not having the, the not sweeping the streets in front, not shoveling the streets in front. If you just do the same thing every time we come there and you're selling illegal marijuana, it's a five thousand dollar fine. But we also need to hold those people who are selling the marijuana illegally accountable. And I think the way you do that is revisiting the nuisance abatement laws so that we padlock these places. And, and we changed the laws in 2017, I think it was. And I think we just need to go back a little bit. Third thing, we need to put more resources into it. Either the police department needs to step up to help the sheriffs or we have the Office of Special Enforcement that puts a task force together. And then the fourth is we all need to work together. And you are so phenomenal in getting the word out. But the community needs to work with the elected officials, the city administration to get Albany to come up with effective strategies to deal with the illegal weed stores. You don't allow, like no one would allow a bar unlicensed to operate without closing them down in in a minute. So, So the illegal weed stores there's a sense that there are people on the street that are in crisis and, and really have severe mental illness. 
we also need to come up with a strategy for that because that's what makes people feel uneasy. I was on 42nd Street the other day, and no crime was committed, but I saw someone who was obviously in crisis just running up to people and screaming, and we don't have an effective strategy to deal with that. Brian Stetton from the, the mayor's office, I think he's, he's the policy guy when it comes to dealing with the mentally ill. He's got a bill in Albany that will help with some of the involuntary committals of, of folks. We need well, that's so important, Tom. I mean, it, that, it is. that is so important. No, believe me, I know it is. Tom, I'm running out of time. Um, I got some little text that I think I'm going to come do a live remote with you in, in the second week of August. You know about this? That's great. Yes, August 14th. I think both of us will be coming off of it. And uh, I'm looking for- we will be, and I think we're going to be in Times Square with the business improvement districts in, in Midtown. And, and I have a great deal of faith in our city. All right. We just, Tom just faded away. Thank you so much, Tom Harris. We will, um, we'll talk to you next Tuesday. We are going to be doing a live remote from Times Square with, I think, the Grand Central uh, Terminal Alliance with my friend Fred Cerullo. It'll be a great time. We're going to come back with Commissioner Bernie Carrick. Don't go away. Coming up tonight at 7 o'clock, it's Travel Tuesday with Linda Perillo and me, Kevin McCullough. Hope you'll join us as we talk cruising, flying, and fun, not to mention skip lagging. See you at 7. As a local business owner, you get called every week by marketing companies. We get it. We have hundreds of satisfied customers. Here's what a satisfied client recently said. Open enrollment is going great. We're hitting record numbers. Thank you so much for this report. It really is amazing to see how the marketing is really shaping our enrollment around the city. If you're a local business and ready for the next step, Google Salem Surround New York right now. Our experts are ready to help you take your marketing to the next level. Google Salem Surround New York today. This is Mike Gallagher. Visit the Holy Land with me, Dennis Prager, and Inspiration Cruises and Tours. No other trip will be like the Stand with Israel Tour. Call 855-565-5519 or visit StandWithIsraelTour.com. Hi, it's Arthur Idala, and graduation season is here, and many students finish college without a clear path towards a career. Do you know a graduate in this position? Well, tell them about Plaza College's accelerated program in court reporting, which allows them to speed their way into the legal field and make great money without going to law school. This is an in-demand, lucrative career with flexibility that more people need to know about. I speak to the district attorney's offices often, and they are in dire need of court reporters, courts schools, television stations, they're all seeking these professionals to record and caption everything from depositions, classes, live shows, and sporting events. With the national shortage, the National Court Reporters Association partnered with Plaza College to offer a free two-week virtual seminar that gives a glimpse into the world of court reporting and captioning. The program is called A to Z, and it's being offered free and can be completed from the convenience of your home. So sign up today by emailing info at plazacollege.edu. That's info at plazacollege.edu. D-U. Hello, this is John Leventhal. I am a partner in the law firm of Idala Bertuna and Kamins. I have been a lawyer for 43 years, including 13 years as a trial judge and 13 years as an appellate judge. I have presided over almost every kind of civil and criminal case, and I have seen litigants facing almost every legal problem you can imagine. What is the most important thing for a litigant to do? It is to obtain the right lawyer, someone with the ability to navigate you through the court system and achieve 
achieve the best possible outcome. At Idala Bertuna and Cammons, that is what we offer. When I was on the bench, Idala Bertuna and Cammons earned the reputation of being the boutique law firm that fights passionately for their clients in the most professional manner in both civil and criminal cases. I am proud to be a member of the Idala Bertuna and Cammons law firm, where our lawyers will give you the powerful representation you all deserve. Hi, it's Arthur Idala, and I am in love with my shiny, bald, smooth head. Hemp leaf products are made with all natural ingredients and essential oils to bring you comfort and relief and keep you looking young. Hemp leaf is the next big thing in skin and body care. The whipped body butters and creams leave my skin feeling soft, smooth, hydrated, giving my aging skin the nourishment it needs to stay young and healthy. Their liquid black soap glides on, leaving my my skin soft, crisp, and clean. They also have this amazing muscle rub called Icy Pot. The guys at Hemp Leaf also gave me samples of a remarkable neuropathy cream called Helixer that I gave to Marianne, and she uses it on her heels. She said it's been nothing short of a miracle. Within minutes, it soothes her aching feet. Remember, they don't put anything on your body that you wouldn't put in it. Visit them at HempLeaf.com. That's Hemp, H-E-M-P-L-I-E-F.com. Mention the name Arthur at checkout, and you'll receive 10% off. Listen to us online at am970theanswer.com. Tune in, iHeart, Alexa, or odyssey.com. We're back to the Arthur Idala Power Hour with New York City's preeminent trial attorney and quintessential New Yorker, attorney Arthur Idala. All right, so... For more news of the day, we heard from Tom Harris about crime in Times Square. We talked about NYPD. Uh, I mentioned the beginning of the show about uh, Rikers Island being taken over by the feds. Well, we have the perfect guest. Like, there is no better guest to tackle these topics than the guest that we are about to have. Someone who I've known for quite some time, and I'm very proud to know him. He is the 40th commissioner of the NYPD. From uh, He was there in 2000 and 2001. He was there for September 11th. Those of you who know that, then you know that our next guest is Police Commissioner Bernard Carrick. Hello, Commissioner Arthur Idala here. What's up, Arthur? Well, you want to tackle the, what do you want to tackle first? The new police commissioner or, and put on your NYPD cap? Or you want to cap, t- talk about a receiver being taken over at Rikers and put on your commissioner of the Department of Correction cap? You could choose. Well, let's uh, let's do the PC first. We'll do the okay. PC first since that's the, the big news of the day for New York City. Um, you know, first I want to uh, you know give my congratulations to uh, Commissioner Caban and and also the first Deputy Commissioner um, who we uh, who we who was appointed yesterday. Um, a whole new team at the top in the NYPD. Um, and and I, I wish them all the best. But I, but I have to tell you, Arthur, it's, you know, these days, as we've come to see, um, it's not always about the police commissioner, right? If I worked for a different mayor instead of Rudy Giuliani, I don't know if I could have had the, the reductions in violent crime and murder that I did. Uh, I don't know if I would have had the reductions in violence on Rutgers Island that I did. Um the mayor has to be supportive. The mayor has to give the police commissioner the resources they need to do the job, make sure the cops get the training they need. Um, there's a bunch of stuff that the mayor has to do. 
and he can have the greatest police commissioner in the world, but if the mayor's not behind him in full force, and that in this case would include Mayor Adams going to the governor to get the bail reform laws repealed, it would have Mayor Adams going to the governor to tell her to do something with prosecutors in New York City that's not going to prosecute bad guys. Um, that has a lot to do with the success of Police Commissioner Caban or any police commissioner. So uh, it's going to be interesting to see what happens next. Well, I mean, do you think, uh, look, the word around the campfire, and you would know better than I, um, that Commissioner Sewell left because the the mayor and the mayor's office was too involved uh, and, and too enthusiastic in uh, being involved with the NYPD. Do you think they lay, learn their lesson and they're going to stand back and let Commissioner Caban kind of do his own thing? Well, you would hope so. I mean, look, it, it was public not, and, and I, I got to say that I was, uh, I was sort of a big fan of Commissioner Sewell. Uh, I, I didn't know her personally, but I did know and do know a ton of people that worked for her in Nassau and in the NYPD in her time there, and I, I never heard anything negative. She was a cop's cop. She wanted to get out, get out and do the work. She wanted the cops to be aggressive and assertive uh, within the confines of the law in the, in the ethical uh, programs of the NYPD. But um, she was micromanaged. And I think she has basically said this herself. Her staff has talked about it. Um, she was micromanaged by the mayor in the mayor's office. He can't do that. He, listen, there was no more aggressive of a mayor than Rudy Giuliani. But basically what Giuliani would do is say, look, you tell me what you need to do your job, and I'm going to give it to you. If you don't do it and you fail, you're gone. If you do it and you do it right, then I'll continue to supply you with the resources and, and the, the money and the staffing and the things you need to do your job. That's the way he operated. He didn't micromanage, but he was, he was fair but extremely, extremely firm. That's what the mayor should be doing. So let's talk about bail reform. You mentioned also about, you know, the mayor going up and asking her to change, the, you know, help with the bail. He did that. Bernie, Commissioner Carrick, he did that. He he went up there right after he won and he failed. He went up there a second time and failed. And, you know, they tweaked little things here and there. But, I mean, I don't think this governor has the power, to be honest with you, to, to over the legislature to, to get it done. So, uh but, you know, you know I, I don't know what, what else he could do. But I think, I think well, number one, in the last election, the legislature changed a bit. Um, but I think he's got to keep, he has to keep um, focus on, on the governor. Um, and there's a lot of things, believe me, there are a lot of things, and I learned this from Giuliani. Keep in mind, you know, when Giuliani was mayor, we had about, a, I think, 5% of the city council was Democrat. Peter Malone, a speaker, uh, was Democrat. Uh, you know, he was up against it all the time. But there were things that the Democrats need out of New York City. There were things, you know, there were bargains to be made. That bargain, that, that thing in, in itself, the bail reform law, is really uh, doing a tremendous disservice to the cops, in the NYPD. No, listen, I totally agree with you. The, to the, the only thing to I'm going to... The people gonna, of New York City. The only thing I'm going to say, Commissioner, is Peter Vallone 
was a common sense Democrat, as my friend uh, John Katsimatidis says. He had his feet firmly planted on the ground. I don't need to tell you, a lot of these legislators out there, they're just, they, they don't remember. See, that's the problem. They're so young, some of them, many of them, they don't remember it. What David Dinkins' New York City. They don't remember yeah. all the windows getting broken and your radios getting stolen. So, you know, they, they whatever, it's a different world. You start, you're starting to give your age, Rocky. Yeah, well, I, I, I know I am. I, uh, let, me, let me switch gears because you are uniquely qualified to talk about something that is another very big, it would be a big, big blow to the city's authority to run a major institution, and that being the jails of Rikers Island. Commissioner, First of all, when were you there again? When were you at, at Rikers? I was the first step in the commissioner between 95 and 2000. So just okay, you were there uh, a long time. You were there a long yeah. time. And you were there really when, when Rudy first came in and was cleaning up the streets. And I can imagine the population of Rikers Island was, the, was nothing to sneeze at. And yet you lowered, uh, and I'm not blowing smoke. This is just the facts. Uh, you lowered the, every crime rate within Rikers Island during your tenure. Um, and now it's considered an, an institution out of control. The U.S. Attorney of the Southern District is asking a federal court judge to appoint a receiver so that someone else besides the city of New York makes all the decisions regarding Rikers Island. Just try to break that down to the average listener so they understand what we're talking about. Uh, honestly, Arthur, I don't get it. Uh, and, and I'll tell you why I don't get it. When we took over Rikers, when the mayor came in, we were averaging about 130,000 admissions per year. Our daily population was over 20,000, between 20 and 22,000. Um, when he took over, we averaged 150 slashings and stabbings per month, and it was the most violent jail system in the nation. When I walked out the door and became police commissioner, we had dropped slashings and stabbings by 93%, dropped overtime spending by 40%, dropped assaults on staff by 60%, and we turned Rikers into an international model for efficiency, accountability, and safety. Don't tell me it can't be done. It can be done. Why they're not able to do it now is way, way beyond me because they have a third, less than a third of the population that I had, less than a third of the facilities I had, um, it's completely, I, I, you know, their daily well, population I will tell you, today is four to 5,000. I don't get it. Here, Okay, so I was there two weeks ago visiting a client, and I was talking to a really cool guard. They were real. They were all super nice, the correction officers. And he'd been there uh, over 15 years. And he said, here's the biggest difference. And, um, there's two things he pointed out. Number one, because of bail reform, only the worst of the worst are at Rikers Island. There's no, like, turnstile jumpers. There's no guys who stole a car. It's all homicide, robbery, rape, burglary, those kinds right. of significant felonies, number one. But number two, he pointed out, is they're not allowed to put anyone in solitary confinement. So they have no ability to punish anybody anymore. Okay, I'm, I'm, I, I, I'm, I'm going to tell you something. That's de Blasio's fault. De Blasio okay, you're right. That. You're right. De Blasio did that. He eliminated central punitive segregation, and, and I don't know what their overall population is today. I had over 1,000 inmates in central punitive segregation, which is solitary, semi-solitary, um, that had to be there. There is a need for it. If there, if there are a threat 
to the institution, a threat to staff, or a threat to the other inmates, if they're weapons carriers, they're gang members, they must be secluded. De Blasio eliminated it, and I said when he did, you will see in six months they will double the violence. They almost tripled the violence in six months, and that's a direct result. That's completely preposterous that they eliminated that element of the facilities, and as long as the officers, and this is, this is the problem, the officers are no longer allowed to control the inmates. They're no longer allowed. Well, if you can't control the inmates and you're not allowed to do it, and you're going to be reprimanded or locked up because you do, then guess what? You're going to have the problems they have. Commissioner Bernie Carrick. Bernie, when people want to look up you or, or see what you're up to, how do they find you? What's the best way to find so, Commissioner so, so Social media, uh, Bernard Carrick, uh, just about on every social media platform. Bernard Carrick, one word. And for those of you who don't know, Bernie Carrick is uh, was is just a great guy. He's a great guy to hang around with. And if anyone ever heard about some issues in his life, those were all wiped out by President Trump years ago. So it's all good for Bernie Carrick, correct, sir? Doing okay. Doing all okay. Right. No complaints. Thanks so much for jumping on and wearing, and wearing two hats, the police commissioner and the commissioner of, of corrections. I hope to see you real soon, Bernie. Be well. Thanks, Arthur. All right. We'll Thanks. be right back. Don't go away. World was my appetizer. I turned gangs into fertilizer. King of the New York streets. This just in, Pure Talk just added more 5G data to every plan and is including a mobile hotspot with no price increase whatsoever. Just $20 a month for unlimited talk, unlimited text, and now 50% more 5G data plus a mobile hotspot. Start saving today. Dial pound 250, say Dennis Prager to make the switch to Pure Talk and you'll save an additional 50% off your first month. Again, dial pound 250 and say Dennis Prager. They call him the King, World Series hero, Jimmy Lairitz. And they call the cop with over 100 years of law enforcement in his family's blue blood, Tommy Settner. Together, they are the King and the Cop. Talking about all things cop talk, current events, sports, entertainment, and more. Joined by Robin DeLore, America's favorite Jersey girl. Listen to the King and the Cop. Weekdays at noon on AM 970. The answer. Perillo Tours is starting their 78th year in business with vacations to Italy and now Hawaii, Spain, and Greece, too. I want you to join Joe Piscopo, our very own Joe, on a special Perillo tour to Italy. Steve Perillo and Joe have put together a very special Rome and Sicily customized tour. Three nights in Rome, plenty of time to see the most important sites, and a private, fun-filled dinner performance by Joe Piscopo. Next, you fly to Sicily for three nights in Taromina with special day trips along the coast, including Savoca, Forza de Argo, for sites of actual filming events from the iconic movie The Godfather. A wonderful wine tasting at Mount Etna, and then on to Palermo for three additional nights before flying home. The tour dates are October 18th to 28th. Call Perillo Tours at 1-800-431-1515. 1-800-431-1515 or visit perillotours.com. Kevin McCullough is next on AM 970. The Answer. Intergalactic, planet, 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 planet,
the way, when I started the show wishing uh, my best friend Chris Glenn a uh, happy birthday, um, I didn't. I failed to mention his mom Connie, who uh, is like uh, my son Arthur knows her as my second mother because Chris was always in my house where I was always in his house. Chris Chris ate dinner at my house so many times one night consecutively. Then my dad pulled me aside. He goes, uh, Arthur, I know Chris is here again tonight. He goes, uh, but maybe tomorrow night it'll just be the four of us for dinner. I was like, okay, dad. <laughs> and then and that, it was, that's true. And then I was oof, I was at Connie's house. So, oh boy, she cleaned me up after many a tough night. And his father, Tag, Thomas Anthony Glenn, we were one big happy family. So, um, and hopefully later on tonight, I'm going to see Chris. I'm going out with my friend Rob Sabah tonight. Does that name sound familiar to you there, Sam Bellino? Uh, the guy from Bay Ridge Honda. The man, Mr. Bay Ridge Honda, yes. That's right. Um, on the good news front, like the great news front, I really hope this is accurate. This is a story that came out about 4 o'clock this afternoon. I'm going to read it to you. An Ohio grandmother taking the first drug proven to slow, not cure, but slow, Alzheimer's disease said, quote, I'm totally functional and my memory is much better than it was. I am very active. I drive regularly. I garden and cook. I read a number of books and I have my life back. Joan Murtaugh, 77 years old, said this drug is a little short of a miracle from our perspective. Added her husband, Larry, who's also 77. Joan was amongst the first people to take the drug. Lecking back, something like that, during a clinical trial at the Cleveland Clinic. Uh, But Joan had no idea if she would be taking the drug or a placebo. Nonetheless, she took a chance and enrolled in the clinic. Quote, I knew the Cleveland Clinic is a first-class operation, and when they thought they had a drug that might help and I desperately needed help, I was going for it, Joan said. I had no second thoughts. It is the first drug that's been proven to delay the progression of Alzheimer's, a debilitating neurological disease that gets worse over time, leading to a decline of memory, lack of mobility, and other complications. So this is near and dear to my heart. My grandmother, Marietta Aydala, uh, passed away on April the 26th, 1994, um, from complications of Alzheimer's disease. But she contracted the disease at least a decade before that. And, you know, you watch a... a, a grown woman, functioning woman, grandma, basically turn into an infant. I mean, towards the end, she was like, you know, I don't want to say anything bad about my grandma, but let's just say she had to be fed by my grandfather feeding her. And I mean, just just the same way I take care of Ariana, that's how my grandfather took care of my 86-year-old grandmother till the day she died. And boy, did, did he do a great, great job. As you could hear from the results of this test, it only slows things down. Uh, doesn't cure it, and I would be absolutely lying if I didn't tell you that that's always been a thought in my mind. You know, is this a hereditary thing? Is this something that's in my bloodline and definitely has an effect on my father? <laughs> guy is sharp as a tack, and that's not my opinion. Even the guys who are at his 85th birthday commented about that. Um, so I and and we lost a great great lawyer to Alzheimer's disease, uh, Jerry Shargell, but basically just around a year ago, um, and uh, it's just a it's a horrible disease. Something else that I believe clearly affects your memory is marijuana and the abuse of marijuana, and yet despite what what uh, we're talking to Tom Harris about and what we're talking to Bernie Carrick about about crime and and he's talking about cracking down on marijuana, Tom Harris was. 
New York's licensed cannabis growers and sellers are hoping to get the green light to sell their products at pop-up weed trade shows, concerts, and festivals under new rules expected to be approved by the state on Wednesday. The move comes as Governor Hochul's administration faces withering criticism for the slow rollout of the legal cannabis program with just 20 licensed dispensaries and delivery outlets open throughout New York State. Look, again, I am not some stick-in-the-mud kind of guy and whatever, but, like, there's weed everywhere. I went out with a really good friend of mine last night, Joe, who is is an esteemed member of law enforcement. And again, another guy who's not a stick in the mud, but like, it's, it's just everywhere. Like, it's just everywhere. Like everywhere you go, people are smoking weed and it's scary, man. And it's, and it's a little sad Um, because unlike a beer, like you could be hot out and you have a beer and it's like a hot dog or you're at a ball game. You're not wasted, but basically, you know, you take three hits off a joint and you're not yourself anymore. And um, I'm not saying it doesn't have some uses or some value in society, but there are people smoking these big blunts one after another after another. I mean, it's the equivalent of just sitting there with a, a, a half a pint of vodka and just pouring it down your throat and just getting annihilated. And, and neither one is, is the way you should go. But I don't know. Maybe I'm getting old or maybe this is the way of the world. As, as Nini Petropol says, you know, I'm from an on-off generation. All right, so it's time for us to sign off. Sam Bellino, thank you for being here. Thank you. you got to come up with a better song tomorrow for Caroline, okay. who's filling in for vacationing Joni Pelzer, who has her phone shut off. She's not listening to any of this, and she's just relaxing. God bless her. Thank our guest, Tom Harris, Police Commissioner Bernie Carrick. I really enjoyed the show tonight. Thanks for in, it's a, in a Big Country. Happy birthday, Glinsta. I'll see you later. All right, folks, have a great Tuesday night. We'll be back tomorrow. The Arthur Idala Power Hour is sponsored by Idala Bertuna and Cammons, PC. Three star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to, he understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.